Welcome to the Teacher's Podcast, in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone and thanks for listening. In this episode, I interviewed my colleague, Jack Watson, a former primary school teacher now working with me at Classroom Secrets. I've known Jack for just over a year now and I wanted you to hear his story as part of my Life Work Balance and Wellbeing Awareness campaign. I want to give you a trigger warning. Jack describes getting to a really low point in his life and attempting suicide. The good news is that from that point, he turned it all around and he has some good tips for teachers struggling with their mental health. Jack has come such a long way from not being able to speak a word about how he was feeling to delivering talks about the experiences he had to help others. Only a few weeks ago, he delivered a thought-provoking mental health session to all 60 of us at Classroom Secrets. I'm really proud that he's part of my team. I'm doing these bonus episodes to raise awareness of my Life Work Balance campaign. So let me tell you a little about it. I'm really passionate about a countrywide approach to wellbeing and life work balance in the education sector. And therefore, I'm running a campaign to get 20,000 survey responses from teachers about their life work balance. Notice which way around I've worded it. Life is more important, you know. At the moment, we've collected 9,300, so I really need your help. Please fill in the survey at classroomsecrets.co.uk forward slash LWB and get all your colleagues to do the same. So you might be thinking that 20,000 responses is a hell of a lot of responses and it is. So why do I need so many? I want it to have an impact. When the government does a survey like this, they generally survey about 400 teachers and miraculously they get the results that the teaching population in general is scratching their heads about and no can't be right. This is about getting a true snapshot that can't be ignored and then taking it to government. We've already met with our local MP about it and we'll be meeting with another MP in education soon. So please, before you listen any further, take out 15 minutes to complete our survey and in the long run, it will help you and everyone in education. I know that Jack has so much to share with you, so let's get to the interview. Jack, welcome to the Teachers Podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, thanks for walking downstairs. I know, the commute was immense. <laughs> yeah. um, so, obviously you uh, work with us at Classroom Secrets and yep. you have done for over a year now. Yeah. So a few, a few days ago we had an away day and you shared with the rest of the staff um, some of the difficulties that you had in teaching and I know that we had this scheduled in already. Um, but as part of my life work balance campaign, I know you know all this, but for everybody listening and watching, we felt that it was really important to kind of shine a light on um, some of the difficulties that are out there um, when it comes to teaching and mental health. So I just want to thank you really for, no for sharing this story um, because I think it's going to be really helpful for teachers to listen to it um, and hopefully have a way, a way forward yep. as well. No um, so do you want to give me... A backstory, basically, of how you got to where you are now. 
Yeah, so um, going through school, I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, so I followed that through to university, uh, graduated from Liverpool John Moores and got my first job back in Halifax um, and sort of was eager, enthusiastic, mm. ready to go, let's yeah. do it. Um, and didn't quite live up to the expectations that I'd sort of built in my head despite going on all the placements and mm. this, that and the other. I think there's a massive step between a final year student yeah. And this is your responsibility. There's so much, uh, such a high percentage, mm. isn't there? Yeah. It's one of the biggest professions where, uh, within five years, newly qualified people leave the the, yeah. the profession. It's one of the highest percentages, and I think that says a lot in itself in mm. terms of that jump. Uh, it's almost like the NQT uh, is designed to be that stepping stone, mm. but there needs to be a stepping stone before that stepping stone. Yeah, yeah, in, in, in my sort of opinion, but things just sort of progressed and then uh, the more you do the more you need to do mm. and eventually I was doing as much as I physically could mm. but still needed to do more mm. and that was just like a natural progression it just happened um, and eventually I became rather uh, panicky anxiety uh, worried about somebody coming and doing an observation, which was just normal nerves, this, that, and the other. Oh, it's observation week. Oh, everybody's stressed mm -hmm. in the staff room, this, mm -hmm. that, and the other. But it would become to the point where, in my head, any time a teacher or a SLT came and spoke to me, it meant that they were going to ask me to do something that I physically didn't felt that I didn't have time mm. or capacity to do. Um, and that just snowballs panic mm. to the point that I couldn't get in the building. Um, so I went and saw the doctor, the doctor signed me off for work-related stress and anxiety. That brings its own stress yeah. of money, of what am I going to do next, or I failed. Mm. I did all this training, five years, six year college and university, and in five years and it's all for nothing because I've failed at it. Mm. And that takes your self-esteem down and... Yeah. and, and so on and so forth. It's also hard, I think, for teachers to find a job in a different, yeah, in a different place of work that they feel is utilising the skills. Yeah. yeah. So it got to the point where I couldn't get back in the building, and I decided that teaching was no longer where I wanted to to be. Um, so um, I left and would just sit at home. Sometimes mm -hmm. couldn't even get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Felt so ashamed that I'd let myself down, let my mum down, dad, partner, everybody that had supported me through that journey of training and mm. this, that and the other, I've taken it away from them and it does eat you up. So eventually I got a job at B&Q mm -hmm. and the job at B&Q was to literally just get out, do something, get back. Did you find it difficult to get a job somewhere else being, being a qualified teacher? Uh, yeah, uh, some places would say you're overqualified, you'd be bored. Yeah. And I was like, well, is that not my decision? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I've applied for this job. Um, some people would say that we're looking for somebody long, more long-term and yeah, yeah. we can tell with your qualifications that it's just going to be a filler and yeah. this, that and the other. But B&Q gave me a go. And the day I finished your 12-week probation was the day I left. Right. <laughs> it, because it, it just 
got chatting to one of the customers one day and I just thought I missed the children. Yeah, yeah. So I went and worked at a private nursery. Mm -hmm. um, from there went on to another private nursery and the private sector is very different to the public sector. Yeah. And it, it just didn't quite work for me. Uh, and then I saw Classroom Secrets on, um, on Indeed or wherever it was. Mm -hmm. And I thought, customer service, talking to people, mm. perfect, talking to other teachers, utilising my degree, yeah. um, having that conversation with SLT and this mm -hmm. and the other and sorting out this and the other. And went for it. And the rest... Is history. Is history. Yes, and you're on your second job here, aren't you? Third. Third. Yes. Oh yes, you're on your third job here. So I started as customer service, then I was sales, and now resource creator. Oh well, there you go. Third job. Yeah. Plus all the other jobs along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fantastic. Um, okay, so we had a chat before, um, and um, I kind of just wanted to delve a bit deeper into yeah, yeah. into some of these things. So you've touched on it slightly, but <coughs> what specifically do you think it was that started your anxiety? Uh, specific, I think because you're that focused on what you have to do and you're that focused on uh, the time, the energy that you're investing into other things, that when somebody tells you that you need to do this instead of that or this mm -hmm. as well as that yeah you beat yourself up that you're not good enough and yeah. that you're not doing it right you're letting the children down that are in front of you mm. um and not all this so it it was a it started off with just being nervous about mm. somebody coming and watching or somebody doing a book scrutiny or whatever it was just nerves or ofsted coming in mm. or just nerves but then from there it just snowballs mm. that you start to panic about somebody coming to watch you and from yeah. panicking it's all the time um towards the end of when i was teaching i would set off in my car and drive past the school three or four times before plucking up the courage if you like yeah to actually get in yeah. and do a day's work and then take home another day's worth of work mm. to do in an evening yeah the, the, the amount that it requires to do it to the level that's yeah. needed, there isn't enough hours in a day. No. And it, to me, I would beat myself up that I couldn't do more, yeah. that I couldn't do everything, plus the three things that somebody had asked me to do that day. Yeah. And I just became so scared that somebody was going to say that I wasn't good enough. Because yeah. I, already, I already felt it. So if somebody else said it, that was confirming how I felt, yeah, and it made it worse again, and you just sort of spiral from there. Yeah, one thing that I found really interesting. So obviously, I listened to your story again um, on Friday. Um, yeah. Tom Wallace's um, podcast was was released yesterday, so I was listening to it again the night before because I had to recorded it a few months prior. And um, I also watched your life work balance video that we'll be putting out soon. Yeah. Uh, it might already be out, and. Um, one of the words you used was inadequate, yeah. and, and it was reflecting back on my time, um, especially when I was leaving the secondary school. And I think when I was in the secondary school, that's why I was I was scared of somebody mm. coming in and and telling me that wasn't good enough. Especially as like I feel like in some ways it's easy to like get outstanding in your um, yeah. PGC, and I know we don't mm. use those 
um, that terminology yeah. anymore. But then it's almost like you don't really know what the expectations yeah. are anymore. Um, but you've still got to do it. Mm. Uh, whereas at least when you're um, when you're doing your PGC, you, you kind of know. And I think, and when I look back now, I realise that I was very stressed. At, you know, I was really tight here in mm. my chest, and and I used to when I used to get up to the top floor, I'd be like breathing like this, sort of sucking it all in. So I really understand and, I, mm. and and it's interesting listening to your story because i think oh if i'd have stayed there another year what yeah, what yeah. might have transpired there um because i think it's that constant I, I was thinking last night what is it that makes you feel that way and, and i thought everything you do especially when you're marking books could become uh, someone could come in and look at that and assess you on it mm -hmm. so actually it's like being in being like judged test, all the time. Yeah, judged. That, that's the word. But it's like being tested all the time. It's like being in a SATS exam continuously. Mm. Who can who can cope with that pressure? Not me. No, not me. <laughs> no. Not but me. For me, there's the, the added bit. The t teaching is, for me, standing in front of children and imparting new knowledge on them, mm. allowing them the opportunity to practice it and looking at whether they need more practice or whether they've got it to move on to the next new mm. piece of learning. Teaching in reality is that between the hours of nine and half past three, mm. but then you've got three hours to go on books, then you've got to do this, and then you might have a vulnerable child who needs this report writing. Mm -hmm. You might have a children with special education needs that need you to do this separately for them, mm -hmm. which is absolutely fine, it's part of the job, because that's what they need for mm -hmm. you to impart that new learning onto them. But then you have data, yeah. you have uh, tracking progress, you have this big, long second job, which mm -hmm. takes the same, if not more, amount of time the than weekend. the actual teaching. It's like two thirty-seven and a half hour jobs yes. rather than yeah. a job. And uh, when you've given as much energy as you can give, mm. not signing a box to say that you've done this, this and this with child A, B or C, mm. oh, I can sign that box anytime. I'll come round to that. Yeah. Because you've not signed that box, that piece of paper says that you haven't done it. Mm -hmm. Whereas a conversation with the children would say that you have done it. Yeah. And you have been doing it, but because you've not signed a box yeah. that is the bit that's being judged or scrutinised, you haven't done it. Also, it's so it's such a demanding job. And something I was listening to the other day, actually, why teaching is so exhausting is because you have to make so many decisions. Mm. Making decisions is actually quite tiring. And sometimes I think, do you even remember that conversation? You, know, you can have it, yeah. but, but 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 remembering it as well, if it's brought up, like, um, I think I had a conversation. I definitely had one, but I'm not really sure exactly what happened because yeah. it's just so... Well, we have that now. I have no words. We're in the EYFS team upstairs. Did we have a discussion whether we were going to use this font or that font and were we going to center line or this? And before you know it, Claire, the proof, proofreading, will be saying, I think it was this one, but Jack's put it on the left and someone's put it at the right and, yeah and we have that many different conversations about one piece of paper yeah yeah that some of them are overlooked and that's why claire does a really good job upstairs yeah. <laughs> so it's just hard to track in it and yeah. especially when you know i feel like in a class you're you're solely responsible for that you have no 
PA, as it was, no. to kind of help you. Um, and obviously you've got your TA, but there's only kind of so much they can take on. Mm -hmm. um, so you've said that you went to the doctors and you were signed off. Yeah. Um, how did money affect you? I started to panic about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it just makes it worse. Yeah. So the doctor tells you to be, be normal. Mm -hmm. uh, just because you're off work with uh, stress and anxiety, it doesn't mean you're off everything. Yeah, yeah. So I still would go to the football, still would go play cricket, mm -hmm. um, go out for tea with Emma and stuff like that. But that costs money that yeah. is not coming in. Yeah. So you start to panic more about that. Mm -hmm. And then you start having feelings of uh, embarrassment when somebody says, oh, I'll pay for your tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I had to get out and do something and 16 hours a week at B&Q was absolute yeah, yeah, perfect. Lived at home with my mum yeah. um, so wasn't paying any board or any mm. rent or anything so 16 hours a week gave me enough money to mm. go to a game of football, play cricket, have a couple of drinks after and go out for a meal once a week. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolute dream and that got you back into that routine and you, you, you start to build from there. Yeah, that's That's nice actually that you've you kind of give from people a blueprint there, you yeah, know, yeah. If, they, if they are in a situation where they need to get back into some kind of work, that's, that's yeah, a, yeah, good, yeah. a good was, option if, yeah. you, if you've got it. It was just four, four hour shifts a week, so I wasn't there for hours on end. a long period of time. I had a quarter of an hour break mm -hmm. per four hour shift, so it was, right, do this, get to your break, do it. And that's how it started, just psyching mm -hmm. myself up and this, that and the other. I just had a panic attack on day one. <laughs> um, palpitations and the then because it was new and it, I didn't yeah. know what to expect. I'd not told anybody about having mm -hmm. uh, anxiety and panic attacks and things. So I'm trying to just concentrate. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And the more you talked about it, in your head, don't do it. The more it's inevitably yeah, yeah. going to happen. Um, came round, told them about it, and one of the managers down there said, "Right, come with me." Picked a chair up from behind one of the desks, yeah. sat it down. He says, this is your safe space. He says, if at any point you need a little bolt hole, you need to just get away, you come and sit on this chair. And if you sit on that chair, people know to just leave you alone five minutes. Brilliant. And that was absolute. Brilliant. All this worry of what's going to happen here, that gone. Yeah. And that meant I could turn up and do it before hours. It mean, meant that I could up and being queue up in the morning and I could help lock it up at night. Yeah. If that's where my shift fell, I could do everything exactly the same as everybody else just because I had that understanding that if I needed five minutes to go and sit down and just talk to myself, I could have five minutes to go and yeah. talk to myself. Yeah. You don't have that in the classroom. No, you cannot you leave, leave five minutes to yeah. just compose yourself. Yeah. Relax, you're all right. No, no. Whereas that that meant that I could move forward because I had that opportunity. And really good that that manager had obviously had some kind of training or yeah. experience with it before yeah. and knew how to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Um, so what advice would you give any teachers listening who are feeling that anxiety, um, you know, at various levels? Um, I think I'd start by talking to somebody at home. They can help. They can see it with a fresh pair of eyes from, a, especially if they're not in education themselves. Mm -hmm. They can look at it and say, "Just 
leave the books for tonight. Mm-hmm. You just sit and watch Coronation Street with a cup of tea and a bag of biscuits or whatever and just recharge. Mm. And it means that when you go in tomorrow that you're better than you are today. Yeah. And just having that extra like outlook, the outsider's point of view on it, that can help. Um, I would definitely suggest going to speak to the doctor. Mm-hmm. It may be that you don't need time off work, but they can say, uh, try this, mm-hmm. try that. And while some people are against medication, I don't like re- really talking about medication, but there is yeah. uh, medication that they can give you, um, which may help. Um, I would talk to your SLT, your head teacher, be open and honest with them. Um, something that I didn't do. Mm. Um, and I, because I know how hard it is yeah. uh, to talk to anybody, never mind talk yeah. to the person that's doing the judging. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, Here's my week card. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. And you, now you, slap you, me around the face. Yeah, yeah. It. Use, use this against me if you want. Yeah, but yeah. they need to know. Yeah. Because if they don't know, they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, but then it, it's expecting something to change can yeah. then beat you up because nothing. Nine times out of ten, there's nothing, nothing can change. be done about it. But if, they, if there is uh, something that can be done about it, they need to know in order to try and do that. Um, and I would just try and have as much time away from it mm. as you are comfortable in allowing yourself. Yeah. Make sure your Saturdays are yours. Your Friday nights and your Saturdays are yours and your Sunday evenings you do your catch-up. So you've got Friday evening, all day Saturday, Sunday morning, Mm-hmm. for you whether it be go to the park with your kids whether it be go for a coffee with your friends mm. go to watch the football or whatever it is you have to do something for you you have to put that in first yeah. you almost um, somebody said to me that work is there to facilitate your life yeah. not life there to facilitate yeah. your work if you get that balance the wrong way around all you're doing is working Yeah, you're never switching yeah. off and in order to do any job to the best of your ability, you have to be in that position mentally and physically to do it. Also, I think, you know, we're all guilty of kind of setting ourselves time and allowing it to fill that time yeah. as well. And, you know, if we say that we're open to working all the time, then mm-hmm. we're going to allow it to fill all that mm-hmm. time. I think it's interesting that you said, you know, somebody saying, oh, put the books away and, and you know, do it tomorrow or whatever. And I think I would have never have done that, but I wouldn't. now I'm so aware of when I am capable to work and when I'm not. Like I know when my good times for working are, so often on an evening, I won't do any work. And it's mm. not because I don't want to, but I just, I can't do a really good job. Mm. I get up at five, I can do that work in half the time, my brain is on it. Yeah. And I think if, if, if I was in teaching now, I probably would get up early and do the marking then, because I'd probably fly through mm. it in comparison to doing it on yeah. an evening. Yeah, it, it's knowing when you've got the time and the energy to do it. Yeah. Um, but my dad once said to me, uh, everything that you do is like a click of your fingers. So I went and saw the doctor, that's one click. He gave me some tablets that I call me happy pills and that's my cycle. Happy pills, going to have a good day. That yeah. might help that much. I went to Andy's Mind Club, that might help that much. I spoke to Emma, that might have that much, went out for his tea, that really. Yeah. If you add up all them clicks, before you know it, you've got a big massive clap, a big bang. Yeah, yeah. And the big bang is what makes the difference rather yeah, than yeah. just doing that. Yeah, having So it. it's adding up your little clicks. So having your Friday night off, yeah. having a glass of wine, watching 
Yeah. EastEnders. Yeah. All these little clicks. Before you know it, you've got a bang, and that's what makes the difference. Yeah, I love that. I was just going to say, um, <laughs> do you have, what coping strategies do you have now? That's obviously one of them. Uh, so now, um, I'm in a job that didn't give me as much stress. Um, I still have times where I think I've got so much on. Yeah. But that's normal, and I think yeah. that's healthy to have some. And you also don't take it home, yeah. No. Although I do work at home sometimes. Yeah. If it better do, once my time's time's Finished. done, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and I just enjoy doing things. Um, going to the foot is different, but along along the way, I've done uh, CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. My dad's paid for uh, counselling. Went to his man club. Got, mm-hmm. got to another peer to peer support group. Um, I've written in a book. So what I, what my theory was is going from there to now and still moving forward is if anybody told me to do something, mm-hmm. I would try it. And if it didn't work, I would stop doing it. Yeah. And if it did work, I would keep doing it. So yeah. somebody said... You gave it a go. Yeah. Somebody said, go to Andy's Man Club. So I went, really enjoyed it, went for over two years and went last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I would just... Fancied going down for a charge, a bit yeah. of a rant and a moan with some of the people that yeah. I've come through this journey with. I'm yeah. going back down. And there they would say, when you go to your doctors and you get, blah, 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 have your idiot cards, so write stuff down that you want to tell your doctor. So I would write stuff down that I wanted to tell the head teacher when I got to work yeah. rather than the doctor. So yeah. I would take somebody's advice, this has worked for me, twist it to work for me and move forward with it. One of the counsellors said to me to write things that I'd been carrying mentally on rocks and throw them away. Yeah. So I went up to Ogden and walked around and threw them away three times, maybe. Uh, one of the counsellors said every day to have a quiet half an hour, mm-hmm. just you, and reflect on how you are mm-hmm. and how the day's going. Yeah. So I used to do that. And I used to write it down to take to... So in that half an hour, I used to write down whatever was going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And it started off as just bullet points. Yeah. That would then read to the counsellor and, yeah. and she would unpick it and we would discuss yeah. it further and this, that and the other. Um, towards the end, I was writing two or three pages mm-hmm. of observations. I was sat in the car yeah. and it was the raining and I, I talked about how the, the rain mottled my vision yeah. and how all these things were mottling my vision and made comparisons and metaphors and this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. So I gave that a go and that really worked. I... Um, lost my train of thought. I will just will give. Other than going to the gym, I've not found <laughs> not found that one. Uh, exercise more. It's good for your health. It's good for your mental health. You see, it hurts my body too much for me to think that this works. Uh, but yeah, I play cricket and things, and getting fresh air there, and I, I just try and do anything. Yeah, you've Listen, got to give everything yeah. a go and see what works. Yeah, yeah. Listen yeah. to this podcast. Uh, listen to meditation music. Try and get you to sleep. Mm. Anything. Okay. Try it. And if it works, carry on with it. And if it doesn't work, don't invest your energy into it. Yeah, okay. Um, I just want to bring you back then. So obviously, I've, um, I feel like I've heard this story quite a few times now. So let me um, bring you back for something that you kind of haven't... Uh, mentioned and I know you know what's coming up now can you can you tell us about you know what 
the, the lowest point that kind of brought you to sort of going to Andy's Man Club, and if you don't yeah. know what Andy's Man Club is, is it in 13 locations now? Uh, yeah. Um, there's a website, Andy's Man Club, yeah. um, and you can, there's a tab on there saying uh, my nearest meeting, and there's a big long list there of, of all the different um, locations that, that groups go on. It's 7 till 9 on a Monday, more, uh, Monday evening mm-hmm. um, every week. Um, my first meeting at Andy's Man Club, there was 13 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I saw a statistic released um, Tuesday that over 700 had been this week wow. across wow. the different um, the different Area, uh, yeah. locations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my rock bottom, if you like, was <laughs> not wanting to... Is this before or after being q uh, 24, 5, 17. Before. Before. Before being Q. Or, yeah. No. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. It didn't matter. Yeah. So the 24th of 917, um, I was that, in felt that inadequate, that ashamed, that, you know, down. Um, and... It's not just teaching that takes you there, but teaching takes you a certain way and then life adds on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't want to just be a, an education bashing, this is where it took me. Yeah. It started the ball rolling and things yeah. progressed. But eventually I was um, being taken to hospital, having taken an overdose and written letters to uh, family members and stuff. Um, because I felt that low that I couldn't put people through looking after me anymore. Mm. I couldn't put them through the, I'm all right, no, I'm not again. I'm all right, no, I'm not again. The roller coaster of mental health, couldn't put them through that any longer. Um, And I convinced myself that it was the right thing to do. Um, I remember being laid there five minutes, perhaps not five minutes, but time going really slow, so it feels like five minutes. Um, waiting for something to happen and nothing did. Um, and then I panicked, yeah. uh, rang my partner and told her what had happened. And then um, she rang my brother, who rang my dad, who rang one of my friends who was suddenly in my bedroom making sure that I was awake. Um, and then I was taken to hospital to check that the tablets that I'd taken had not done any damage. I was assessed by the mental health crisis team um, and given sort of advice not to be left on my own and mm-hmm. this, that and the other. And when you're not, when you're told not to be left on your own, you are not left on your own. Mm. And that can be suffocating in itself. You need yeah, to yeah. have, in order to prove that you're getting better, you've got to be given opportunities to show that you're getting better as well. Yeah. So it, it was a long, a long journey and everybody wants to know everything once you've, yeah. you know, you, you, you cry for help's that loud. Everybody wants to know everything. I feel that opened the door to you talking more. Yeah, definitely. We, you've got no, um, you've got no option other than to, to talk, and you've got no other option than to try. And your, your natural instinct is to look after other people. So, to see your mom in tears, to see your partner in tears, your dad in tears. Yeah. Your natural instinct is to, I'm all right. You don't need to be upset. I'm all right. But that's just words, and you have to show them that you're all right before yes. that. Does that before make? Before they understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before they start taking what you're saying seriously, you have to be showing them. Yeah. What you're saying is 
is right. I'm going to hand this man club. Right, it's the one year birthday. Dad, mom's on holiday. Emma's at work. Dad, will you come and watch me do a speech at this man club's first birthday? Yeah, I will. And he sees me with other people. And he, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it goes from there. I'm going to sort of change track a bit and ask you what you think about wellbeing initiatives in school. <laughs> I think Obviously, it's not every school, but in no. your experience. Um, I think wellbeing initiatives would be better off by just giving professional people time to do what they need to do. Yeah. If for their wellbeing, they have to get that pile of books marked, otherwise they're going to be laid in bed for three hours, not getting any sleep, thinking about those books then that individual, for their mental health and well-being, needs to do those books. Yeah. If, teacher two, their mental health and well-being, they want to go to the gym and do 30 lengths of the swimming pool because it'll physically make them feel better and this, that and the other, that's what they should do with their time. Yeah, yeah. If, um, teacher three's just got a newborn baby, just come back from maternity leave, I'm guessing, because I've never had a child, but... Spending time with their child yeah. and building that Leaving relationship. Leaving at three thirty yeah. and being able to do the yeah. book when that baby's napping yeah. is the right thing for them. Yeah. yeah. So I think wellbeing initiatives should be here is two hours a week, or here is an hour a week where you go, addition to your PPA, mm -hmm. you go and do something for you. If it is working, so you can sleep, so it's not on your mind. Yeah. Do it. If it's going shopping with your grandma because and mobility is not the best, and you like to know that she's got her bread and her milk, take your grandma shopping for an hour. Yeah. Whatever it is for that individual to make them feel better yeah. about anything in any aspect of their life, then that's what I think it should be. Yeah. So we've obviously had a conversation about being judged all the time. Yeah. Do you think, do you think being overworked contributed yeah. to that? That fear of being judged more yeah. and, and so before, it's kind of like paranoia, isn't it? Yeah. So before I could drive, I, the caretaker would pick me up from my house. We would open up the school. So he'd say, you do key stage two today, I'll do key stage one and, mm -hmm. or whatever. And then I would also help him lock it up, check all the lights were out, pull the shutters mm -hmm. down and lock the gate. He'd drive through the gate, I'd lock the gate. and So I was in school longer than any other person period because the, the caretaker would go home during the day mm -hmm. so longer than any of anybody else but still taking books home mm -hmm. so I think physical tiredness contributed to my mental tiredness yeah 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 so I was still taking books home even though I'd been there as long as possible yeah and you, you think I can't give any more Don't tell me that I have to do this because I can't do it. Mm. I'm here as long as possible. I'm doing it. I'm going home, maybe having a sandwich or eating while marking or what, anything to get it done quicker, if you like. Yeah. So you could stop. But yeah. when you stop, you drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think. And sometimes there's only an hour left before yeah. going to bed, isn't there? Yeah. Either? And it's just. It's exhausting, and I think that adds to, you know that you're giving your all. Mm. You're giving it everything you've got. So when you're told that everything you've got is not good enough, mm. it can can hurt. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes, I guess, you just don't know where else to take it. Mm. 
because it feels so big. Yeah. Um, I'm going to uh, switch to some questions from um, other people. No problem. Um, so we put out Class and Secrets after they heard your story on Friday. Yeah. You know what else they'd like to ask. So Lisa says, um, was there anything um, that you feel your school or colleagues could have done to prevent you from reaching that point? I think maybe taken, but you don't want to be treated differently as well. This is another thing. You think if you if you sat here now, what could school have done? Well, they could have they could have given me they could have doubled my PPA. Yeah. To catch up on this, that, and the other, or to make sure that my my data was done. But then everybody would want their t PPA yeah, doubling, yeah, yeah. and you don't want to be treated any different no. because if. If Mr. Smith next door can do it, why can't Mr. Watson? That yeah, yeah. At least goes around in your head as well. Yeah. So sat here now, it's dead easy to give me more time to do stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it, when you and you sat, you don't want anything different. No. You just want to be able to do it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. I think it's not what your school or your colleague could have done. It's what they're getting told they have to get the teachers to do. Yeah. Needs to change. Yeah. That they don't have to get uh, two different coloured pens in every piece of writing with your polishing pen and your thing. Children don't have to respond to every piece of feedback. No. Having a group not go to assembly and say, right, you all made this mistake in your, your thing. I'm not written in your books because I've seen it and I'm, we're going to talk about it now. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. It means you're not spending 20 minutes writing a paragraph in 10 books, mm -hmm. but you've got 10 children there saying, right, you two, you, we need Same to practice exactly the yeah, yeah. thing as well, yeah. So I think sat here now, more time, but sat in that moment in time, I think it, I wouldn't want anything to have changed because mm -hmm. that would have made me worse that I was being... But in some ways it would have been good if... Um if things had been noticed and then yeah. maybe that were addressed for all the staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right, okay, well, we're not going to um, in-depth mark this yeah, so yeah. many times or whatever. Um, so Louise says, um, do you think that there are any signs that maybe you were displaying that were not noticed? I noticed them. Mm. I know that I couldn't drive past, uh, oh. drive straight into the car park. Yeah. But anybody else would just think that I, it was another black car driving down the street. Mm -hmm. I would. I don't. I don't know if they were not. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, I just got a lot on the... Mm. That was enough to satisfy a conversation. Yeah. But when you dive deeper, like, uh, part of the presentation on Friday, I said, look out for I'm fine. Yeah. People will say, yeah, I'm all right, when really they're drowning. Yeah. Are you actually all right? Come on, let's have a look. But that's just a natural... Everybody does it. Are you yeah. all right? I, Good morning, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. And I guess in school as well, everyone's so busy. They, yeah. they don't want to engage in any more conversation. I know I didn't. Yeah. I remember being on supply for primary and um, I didn't go to the staff room because I wasn't there to make friends. I was there to get the job done and get away as yeah. soon as I could. Um, you know, And I'd be getting away at five or whatever, but better than getting away at six. Yeah. Um, so it's really difficult yeah. because everyone, in a way, is people are doing that to look after their own well-being. Mm. Very tricky. Um, okay. So Lindsay um, says, "Did you have a year group partner that you worked with?" I did yeah. Uh, well, at one of my uh, one of the schools I did. Um, the first two I worked at were single form entry, and uh, the last one that I worked at was two form entry. Do you feel like there, you know, good support there? 
I think she was very experienced and she looked after me. It's good. Yeah. I think she would... And even then it was difficult. Yeah, I think she would cover my back when she needed to. She would give me a cuddle when I needed one. Mm. She... Yeah, she was very good. Got a lot of time for her. Good. Uh, Nicola says, um, where can teachers go for help or support if they're feeling similar things? Um... Your doctor, your first point of call, yeah. your partner, your best friend, anybody that you can talk to and offload, mm-hmm. um, your, your group partner, your SLT, there's, and there's man club for men, there's women's groups mm-hmm. um, in Halifax, I know there's the life changes that's for women, but there's mixed peer support groups, there's forums on Facebook, where you can get advice from other professionals, mm. uh, from teachers. There's the Samaritan. I know that you, you instantly assume Samaritans is I stood on a bridge and yeah, but it's not. It's somebody on the other end of the phone that can talk to you and is mm. trained to talk to you about you. Yeah. Um, I would just strongly advise anybody that's struggling to just say, "Listen, I need some help." Mm. whether it be with workload, whether it be mentally or whether it be physically, I need some help. If you broke your leg, you would go and get an x-ray at the hospital and get a pot on it to help it get better. Just because you're struggling mentally doesn't mean that you can't go to the doctor and say, this is what's going on in here, and you will get some help. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's where there's a difference. Okay. And that's where the stigma arises, because it's invisible. Yeah. People think, well, I'll be all right, just have to... Sh- sh- oh, so the expectations, mm. teachers are just expected to be super human, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, just manage it all. And and I still think, you know, there's that element of people not understanding sort of how much work there actually is to do and no. things. Um, so, Teresa says, um, she says, did you talk to other members of staff about your struggle before it got out of hand? No. Or did you keep it in, assuming everyone else was coping fine and felt that you'd be showing weakness if you reached out for support. Definitely, definitely. If, like I say, um, Mr. Smith's doing it down the road, uh, down the corridor. Mm. He's only a year further down the line than me. Um, you've got year six teachers there doing backflips to do yeah, sats and this, yeah, that yeah. and the other. I'm here. Or this teacher who's yeah. like got young children. I mm. often thought, how do, yeah. they, how do they do that? Mm. And it, you start to think that if I spout up, living yeah. at home with my mum, no children, what sort of other responsibilities do mm. I actually have other than yeah. just the children here? Yeah. I can't say that I can't do it. Do, do, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. And that's where you, start, you spiral even further because you feel ashamed then. Yeah. And you start convinc- you talk to yourself and make things worse in your head that before you know it, everybody is the best teacher in the world apart from you. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in reality... That's not the case at all. No. no. Plus, I think with teaching, it's like anything, isn't it? You can have a really good day of teaching and mm. that nobody sees mm. and then you can have a bad day of teaching that Ofsted mm. are in and, you know, kind of marks mm. your card. Um, so Ed says... Do you think getting help sooner would have meant that you could have continued in teaching? Um, perhaps not full time. Mm. Yeah. I think before 
falling out of love with it mm. and getting better, I could have perhaps, I mean, I miss the kids. Mm. I think anybody that was a teacher that says that they don't miss those moments, not all day, every day, but those moments with the kids where you go on a bug hunt and they find all the wood lice underneath one particular rock and everybody's yeah. crowded around and they, oh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Those little moments is what I miss. But I don't miss 93% of the yeah, of yeah. the job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So perhaps before I fell out of love with it, I could have perhaps done part-time, but what else would I have done? Yeah, that's not the way it went, yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. Lauren says, do you think you'll be able to spot the signs of someone going through what you went through? See, that's, that depends on each individual. I mean, you become a really good actor. Mm-hmm. You put your... I'm at the pub with my mates, mask on, and we have a laugh and a joke and a bit of banter because you don't want to tell your mates that you're struggling. Mm-hmm. So it depends on that person, whether they're a good ac- actor or not, or if... Because you can see it, they're down and you sighing, here we go again. And yeah. You're all right, have you slept all right? Those are the simple questions. Yeah. Did you not get much sleep last night? No, no, no. But why didn't they get enough sleep last night? Yeah. What were they doing that meant that they didn't get enough sleep? Was it that they were stressing about the books? Was it they were actually physically writing, marking mm-hmm. the books? That means today's going to be a really tough day. Could be the start of the snowball. That means that three weeks down the line, they're off with work related stress and anxiety. Mm. Yeah. And, and that can be how quick it is. Mm. So I think everybody in a school environment, in any office environment, uh, any workplace, are responsible for their colleagues in, say, a sort of a pastoral care Sense, yeah. role um, with each other. Yeah, talking Just to each asking other. that extra question. Mm. Did you not get much sleep? No. I'm really tired. Well, why? What were you doing? Oh, well, I was sat for three hours trying to get this data to line up with this. Yeah. Oh, well, it only took so-and-so an hour. Why don't you go and sit with him? Because he can show you a better way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, working together as a team rather than Mr. Watson's in this classroom, so-and-so, so-and-so. We are this school. Mm. You're right, it is sort of taking responsibility because I'm just thinking about just this morning. So Emily, my sister, yeah. um, came in to open up even though she was supposed to be working from home today. Yeah. But I flagged that when I know, when I realised, I flagged that up straight away. I didn't just think, oh, well, good, somebody opened up. Yeah. Um, just like, it could be like, all oh, right, well, you spent three hours, but at least you did it. Yeah. It's not about that. It's like, hang on a minute. Okay, well, that's not right. So how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? Mm. How do we make sure that somebody else opens up or... You find a different way by talking to this teacher. And I think it is important that we all kind of flag when something's not quite right and think, "Uh, well, we could help you do that better. Yeah. And I think when you work in in any environment with the same people every day, Mm. you do begin to know what their normal is. You would know when when you were teaching, if I was making a name up, Ben mm. had was normally bouncing around the walls and suddenly mm. Ben's just sat like this. As a teacher, you would notice it straight away. Yeah, yeah. But you don't really notice what 
changes happen in your colleagues as much as you did the children. Yeah. So and yeah, so having true. three cups of coffees and he normally has one cup of tea. Yeah. And why like, is that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You don't notice that, but you notice yeah. Ben just said like that and he's normally bouncing off the walls. Yeah. What's happened, Ben? It could be that he's just been told off by his mum in the car yeah, and he's yeah. having a little sulk. Yeah. But you notice it straight away. Yeah, yeah. He's not quite right today. Yeah. So paying more attention yeah. to the adults as yeah, well as yeah, the children. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I suppose especially, um, you know, teaching assistants could definitely be on the lookout because yeah. they're in quite close proximity, aren't they? Um, okay, just a couple more questions then. Um, so Sarah says, were the school-specific issues that contributed? Um, and did you did you sort of seek any advice or support from school or the union at all? Um, I spoke to the union once I were signed off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't school-specific. I worked in three different schools mm-hmm. and felt at times just as alone in all three. Yeah. So I don't think it's schools um, individually. I think it's the profession. Yeah. So three closing questions. Okay. Um, you kind of sort of answered this one in a similar way to me, but I'm going to ask you anyway, see if you've got anything magic. So if you could wave a magic wand to solve the life-work balance problem, what would it be? Time. Yeah. Straight away. Um, if you could double PPA, yeah, I would. And like to be that. fair, I don't think that's as generous as I'd go. Um, and a lot of people say like yeah. double PPA. That's not a lot, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's only two and a half hours extra. Yeah, but if we gave everybody a day, yeah, where and it's the cost. I get that. Yeah, costs a lot of money. But if we gave everybody a day. It's planning, pre- preparation and assessment. Yeah. You spend it all doing your planning. Yeah. Well, well, or you spend it all doing the preparation or you spend it all doing your... What about the other two it? things? It's PPA, but, but not very many people use it to like mark books or anything. No. Well, it's kind of expected, will you mark your books yeah, yeah. after? Yeah. After school. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go lighthearted. Okay. <laughs> so who is your favourite school uh, teacher at school and why? My favourite teacher at school was Mrs. Greenwood, mm-hmm. um, because I just loved her. Um, one of my interviews to be a teacher, they said, why do you want to be a teacher? And I said, Mrs. Greenwood, <laughs> in my interview answer. Um, perhaps not the best interview answer, but <laughs> Mrs. Greenwood it was just, she was the best. What what year was that? Uh, year one, reception. Year one, oh wow. Yeah. That's interesting, because yeah. that's kind of... The yeah. age group you taught as well. Yeah. Uh, in a weird turn of events, I ended up teaching Mrs. Greenwood's granddaughter. Oh, did you? Eventually down the line, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mrs. Greenwood uh, came and picked her up and said, I'll say, say thank you to Mr. Watson. And I'm like, oh, Mrs. Greenwood saying that. Yeah. It, it was just a bizarre moment. But yeah, Mrs. Greenwood was my favourite teacher. Very good. And uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? A teacher. <laughs> I wanted to be Mrs. Greenwood. Which you did achieve. I did achieve. And, now, and nobody could take that away from me. No, no, no. And and then you found a different path in life. I did. And we're really glad that you did. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much. No, no, thank you. Um, one thing that I'm really pleased about with this, with this interview is that not only have you sort of told your story, but you've given advice as well. Um, and I just think that's going to be so valuable for teachers listening yeah. that 
you've got some ideas of things to try, mm -hmm. you know, you've talked about talking to people because yeah, I know that's, that's difficult That's absolutely sometimes. vital, I think. And one of the things was, uh, from one of my colleagues was, if you can't talk to somebody, write it down. Yeah. Talk to yourself. Yeah. And then you can just leave it in an envelope with your husband, wife's mm -hmm. partner's name on. Yeah. And they can read it and they know what's going on. Yeah. And then they can help. You can put, I don't want any conversation about this until yeah. I bring it up. Yeah. But this is what's going on in my head at the minute. And they need you. End it with, love you. Yeah. I'll talk to you when I can. Yeah. But you at know, least they're aware. Of they're aware something. of what's going on. They can help. Yeah. They can research it on Google on the dinner hour and think, right, well, yeah. says to do things that you enjoy, this, that, and the other. We're going to go out. And yeah. we're gonna, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and once you talk to yourself, you can talk to others and yeah. go from there. Thank you. So we're going to make sure that everything that you've talked about is uh, on the show notes, all the different websites yeah. that people can visit for help. We'll, we'll make sure that they're there so you can yeah. make sure that I have a list. But thank you so much. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. What a great story Jack shared with us. So much from it I could recognise in my own journey. Sometimes, when you're in the day-to-day, you can't see the bigger picture and it's helpful to step back or ask others for their opinion. Jack mentioned a lot of places you can go for help and we've listed these in the show notes. We don't want you to feel alone. So if you've had feelings like this, feelings of suicide, please reach out to someone, talk to a professional and don't suffer alone. Maybe you have a mental health story that you'd like to share to help other teachers. Get in touch. If this is the first time you're listening to the Teachers Podcast, check out our other episodes for some more great listens. We've been securing some more fantastic guests for you, and if you want to request that someone is on the podcast, then you can let us know in our Facebook group called the Teachers Podcast Community. This episode is now live on YouTube, so don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And did you love this episode? Please, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.